seven days of comments regarding Chris Scott, the team, the post by Geelong antics are followed by entering a prelim final in 2019. Did we see this coming? I was slightly confident last podcast. But for the majority of fans, we'll talk a bit later maybe there, at the MCG, obviously not following the, the Pies match. With me here to recap this game against West Coast, as always this season, Jake and Ol. How are we going, boys? Very good. Yes. Very excited <laughs> Very to good. review this one. Prelim final energy. Very good. Very good. A match where it was a classic Cats win. where up by 32 points and they had to win the hard way. Geelong being Geelong. <laughs> um, it's never easy. Come yeah. finals. It's never easy for the Cats. Up 32 points and you just think, all right, yep. Being at the match, I'm, yep. We've seen West Coast last year in the, the grand final, pegging it back over five goals to Collingwood. So don't write them off. But at the same time, one more goal there and you're just thinking to yourself, okay, that maybe just seals the deal, sets the tone. Come the second quarter, West Coast really tried it and pinned it back to us into the third where they were actually four points ahead. So... 67 to 63 at three quarter time in the Eagles' favour. Thanks to some suspect umpiring <laughs> at times. Uh, many goal 50. <coughs> that was a shocker. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah, interesting uh, interesting decisions and and consistently interesting for a for a period of time. If we, if we recall the, the numbers in particular. Mm. What was it? 21 to 11 at one stage? They, they had 10 of the last 11 free kicks over the second and third quarters. And, yeah, it just felt that way. It felt like, you know, it would be a kick down the line, free kick, another kick down the line, free kick, and mm. and then something would happen to us, which happened exactly the same against West Coast, and we wouldn't get anything. Mm. But I'm glad that we stood up in the last quarter and didn't let that decide the outcome of the game. And... In saying that, with all the free kicks that did happen, we still kicked two goals, six in the third quarter. So we still should have been in front regardless based on the dominance that we showed and the amount of shots that we had. So I wouldn't have liked to have blamed it all just on that. But yeah, there was certainly across both the games on the weekend, there were some shocking um, decisions and just umpiring in, in general. Um, even last week as well, had some really poor decisions as well. It's suspect. Yes. But the Saturday one as well. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Razor. Oh. come the end of the game, we, we were in front. Um, just a quick little uh, nugget of, of wisdom to you guys. Did you know who the player pictured in September on the Cats 2019 calendar is? I'm going to take a punt. Is it... Oh, okay. Following this match, it's going to be Cam Guthrie <laughs> that or is, Tom Atkins. That is correct. It is Cam, Cam Guthrie. Guthrie, the most unique and randomly out there Mr. September of <laughs> of any team played fantastically in his return game and I, I don't think we realised how much we missed him against Collingwood um, but yeah that, that was crazy that's honestly the best game I can remember seeing him play um, but the, the team as a whole were fantastic and Tom Atkins like you mentioned just set the tone from the first quarter and once that that first you know McGovern dropped mark and then Atkins goal happened I knew that we were on 
And you're thinking, where's this come from? Yeah. Just as Bruce, just as he as he said, very excitedly, just yes. Um, Asaba Radigalia. <laughs> oh yeah, just uh, the the Battle of the Fijians in just, the Rocket Times mm. and. McGovern, yeah, likes to leave his full forwards five meters in front of him. Yeah. Or so. A few yards ahead of him. That's the way he plays. And I'm not writing off the all Australian fullback. We know what a quality player McGovern is. Mm. But that is the worst game I've seen Jeremy McGovern play. Yeah. Well, it started from the first couple they, of minutes. They made him accountable. Tom Atkins goal drops a chess mark that slips, handball made. Straight to Tommy, snap, goal. Yeah. First, and we needed the first blood. We needed even, the first punch to set the match. Even the uh, even the Hawkins, uh, yeah, mm. duck duck uncontested was saying, mark. Duck was saying that he McGovern's letting Hawkins have way too much space, and Hawkins was just standing there by himself. Yeah, you and Duck having coffee these days? Yeah, we we catch up. <laughs> <laughs> we catch up. Yeah. I'm not happy with him. I just saw a thing on Talking Footy before. We'll get into that a bit later about Hawkins suspension. But yeah, we'll get into that later. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're talking about Hagrid. Was that after the second Piccolo or the first flat white? After the espresso, my friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, it was a fantastic first quarter. And to be honest, it was, you know, if last week was the nightmare, then this week was the dream. Because the first quarter was exactly what we'd hoped for. Like, yeah. honestly, like, it, you know, it was hard to get emotionally invested in the game again. Everyone was sort of, you know, thinking that it was going to be straight sets. And, you know, Chris got question marks and the question marks over this team that's been so good for so long but haven't proven it in finals. And then you just wanted to see that effort in the first quarter and it was proven the effort was there by, you know, Atkins and... Metagola early was was super tough and strong. And Dangerfield had a quiet first half, but he was really tough against uh, Nick Nat a couple of times, preventing him from kicking forward into their 50 out of the ruck. And, yeah, you could just see. Like, you can see when they have a crack and when the effort's there. And you can see when it's not, like last week. It's such a stark difference between the two games. Um, and it's just, it's all mental, I think. Mm. I think it's all mental. It must just mm. be this by mentality that we just, just switch off and poor. then switch on again yeah well a, a crucial stat that backs that up is the fact that the best player on the ground cam whipping boy guthrie had 33 disposals and only spent approximately 62 percent time on ground that's that nick crazy. matt time on ground yeah that's and had the most coming back from injury so he's still injured yeah when he's played only 62 percent time on ground and still grabs 33 percent yeah, no, he, he was disposal. Sorry, he, he, that's he was fantastic. That, like I said, that's the best game I've ever seen him play. But not yeah. only was he, not only was he getting the touches, but he there was a couple of like, you know, diving, lunging efforts to get the ball. He he was laying blocks. He was laying shepherds. He was you know, Brad shepherds. Yeah, he was just tapping the ball up and getting it to players' advantage. So he wasn't just using kick and handball. He Twelve was, pressure acts. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was tackling. Yeah, as well. He mm. he was tackling like. He's just like when you think about it, he's like almost the you know, I know I know people say that Bonton Pally is like the perfect type of midfielder and I think Guthrie is sort of in that mold as well. Able like, to do he's, yeah. he is versatile. He's, he's, he's quick, he's strong, yeah. he can tackle, he can, you know, hit a lead inside fifty and kick a goal. Yeah. Um, but we just don't see enough of it. Yeah, but hopefully he can get 
you know, one, maybe two more of those type of games like that. Yeah. The rest yeah. of this season. Yeah. Oli, uh, I think it's been because of the quality of our midfielders, maybe not as a combined, um, but individual quality last year when you have the likes of Joel Selwood on paper, Patrick Dangerfield on paper, Gary Abbott playing in the midfield last season, Mitch Duncan, Tom Brady, <laughs> second wave in a row, I'll say. Um, and then inserting the guys like Quinton Narkle, these young guys in there that Cam, yes, when he has had injury problems at times, has struggled to be, has struggled to insert himself as a centre midfield force. Mm. So, He's had to take the place in past seasons and half at back. various times this seasons of the halfback back, role. Yeah. So he hasn't been exposed direct to the guts. Yep. This match, <laughs> Tom Brady was injured. Um, so he's filling Mitch Duncan's void, but at the same time, throw him in the center. 62% time on ground, racks up 33 disposals. We put up some mini write-ups during... Uh, oh, it was on Saturday. It was the day after the game, just because we were that came we wildly buzzing after the match. <laughs> um, so we just highlighted five players. I think they had a really, really good game. And the first one was Cam Guthrie. And the first sentence we said, I think, was for those Cats fans that for some strange reason don't see the merit in Guthrie's game, his performance just told you to go eat a cold rock. And <laughs> cold rock ice cream? The reference there being Cam... Obviously, you used to work out Cold Rock Ice Cream. Um, most all most people fans know, know that. Yeah. 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 No, um, obviously his consistency has come into question um, over the years, but his best is very, very good. And he has been very good this year for us, albeit through a couple of niggling injuries, even last year when he hurt his ankle mm. that saw him out. Like, that, like he, people can't underestimate how much an injury like that can de- derail a season, let alone someone's career. Even like looking back to Matthew Egan and mm. his foot injury, mm. finished his career. And you know Guthrie had not something as significant, but you know it's not easy to come back from injury and perform at the highest level consistently and that good. But you know he came off another calf niggle, was it last week? Yeah. And like you said, yeah, he was playing injured still because he wouldn't have been a hundred percent right. But he was fantastic. Yeah. The most disposals ever for Cam Guthrie, mm. and I think the fourth time he's got over forty Two. disposals. Yeah, and the first since twenty sixteen. Yeah, there you go. In one of the biggest games of his career thus far. Yeah, mm-hmm. the biggest game. Um, yeah. Joel Selwood, <laughs> turning back the clock. How much blood came just, out? Just an elite. Yeah, it's he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. You know, goes above and beyond in the big games uh, when he needs to, and we needed him to in this game. And he didn't against Collingwood, which we were worried about as well, because all of us were saying maybe his season really starts come finals because he hasn't been exposed to that much of the ball, given that he's playing on the wing. Everyone so, was down in the Collingwood game, though. Yeah, I think I think it was just a yeah. It was just a like a pass game. Yeah, like you just I don't know. It's weird because it's a final and you should be ready for it, but no one seemed ready. Mm. Not even the coach. But they were switched on for this one. Yeah, sure. absolutely, they were switched on, and I think that's yeah. <clears throat> that's what we needed was just some continuity. 
mm. and Selwood especially. But yeah, he, he also was fantastic. He took 11 marks and had 26. So that's a pretty strong game. And I think he had eight score involvements. Yeah. Starting with really that first one to Hawkins. Like Selwood to Hawkins, like what more can you ask? Mm. Selwood that's looking into Hawkins cats. to kick a goal. That's classic cats. Uh, I loved uh, Chris Scott's energy at the start of the game. Yeah, mm. that I reckon that's the first time, or that that's the when was the last time you can remember him speaking to the group like that on the ground, like actually revving, Musician, like genuinely yeah. revving yeah. them up, or being on the phone and actually seeing it in the footage. Yeah, on you could TV. see that he was really emotionally invested. But yeah, that that footage down on the ground, he was giving him a big rev up. That's that was really good to see. What I thought was really interesting, and I did see this on the replay post-match, mm. was at the game, but the post-match interviews that they had with Selwood and Hawkins after the game, I don't know the, the exact quotation off the top mm. of my head, obviously, but that was to the effect of, this is, Hawkins was saying, this is a great night for our footy yeah. club, and... Selwood and some others saying well, they were backing up Chris Scott and they yeah. were saying this one was for you Scotty yeah Selwood so said something along the lines of like everyone wrote us off and exactly us off. Yeah. So this is multiple people in the leadership group yeah that really really understood what battering the senior coach yeah. had been under and the club for mm. the Stanley selection mm. when in this match Blitzarves is inserted Yep, Stanley comes in, and Blitzarves plays majority on the wing. Yeah. And is there any uh, questions regarded that? No, because he got the win in the end. Yeah, well, that's the and thing. That's the th- <laughs> but, but it probably, you know... And a goaler and Blitzarves on the wing. Would yeah. we have picked that before the game at all? No. No. But when you think about it in hindsight, that makes sense. When you put your best runner, he's got the biggest tank you know, on the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he had three shots at goal. So he, he could have kicked one, definitely at least that one in the first quarter. But yeah, see, that's more of an advised tactical move. Whereas last week, which we won't delve into again, yeah. I don't know if that was just maybe I don't know they were overthinking things or they were trying to you know pull a, a rabbit, rabbit out of the hat, the hat yeah. <laughs> when they didn't need to. Yeah, when the rabbit was already out of the hat, yeah. and you put the rabbit back in the hat. Yeah, just just relax, think yeah. it through. Yeah, rabbit I, could I, count. Come into the hat this week. Yeah, well, the rabbit could come into the full time this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to come up with something. Yeah, I would think. Um, yeah, no, Blitzarves on the wing, I think, was a was a better tactical move. Obviously, they felt that they were covered in defence, um, mm. and they they put you know Blitzarves running with Gaff at times, um, and he certainly he didn't get a heap of it and wasn't amazing, but he did his bit, um, especially in the middle of the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a Prolific up the ground. He's not known to be a goal kicker, goal scorer. Yeah. He did kick one and he did try to get involved. But yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a, a huge influence. And Nui, to be fair to him, played a really, really good game. It was mitigated, like he said, by the those smothers and the one percenters by Danger and other, other players. Yeah. I, who stopped I, him getting getting some clearances at times. I think that was a deliberate tactic as well. It from the sec we just watched the highlights again before. Um from the second the time. From the second ball up. <laughs> Um, Dangerfield single-handedly stops like smothers a knick-knack kick off the boot mm. gets the ground ball get kick long inside 50 dirty ball McGovern drops the mark Dalhouse swoops in picks the ball up cleanly one clean handball to Atkins who spins and kicks the goal 
that's pretty much the perfect play. But there was about four or five clear times that I can remember either Guthrie or Dangerfield blocking or tackling Nick Nutt straight out of the ruck. So they're obviously very switched on to the fact that, like how many times have you seen, it, there was that highlight that got shown around during the week of when we played the Eagles last year in round three, where Nick Nutt sort of like tapped it to himself, got it forward, you know, pretty much almost kicked the goal out of the ruck himself. So they're obviously switched on to the fact that he can do that mm. and stopping that, not just leaving it to Stanley to do, but actually, you know, treating him as another midfielder. Was a, was a great tactic. He effectively yeah. is once the ball. Oh, absolutely, comes to yeah. And the, like I said, they were switched onto it, and very they, much like they worked grindy. really well. Because I don't feel he had a heap of influence around the ground. He only had, you know, one sort of memorable I mark. I think that Tom I could... Hickey did more around. Yeah, the ground. Hickey had more marks. Yeah, especially up up the line. Yeah. But obviously, Nick Nat's going to dominate in the run regardless. Center. You yeah. can't avoid that. But yeah, um, we we beat him for clearances, I believe. We did. Yeah, we did. So, so <laughs> they were doing something, right? Yeah, 2019, the story historically, albeit the Collingwood match, mm. has been Geelong win the contested ball, Geelong win the game. Yeah. Um, and that's rung true all season. So well and truly beat them on the overall disposal count, 371 to 304 in the Cats' favour. Disposal inside, disposal efficiency, 67% to 70%. Efficiency inside 50 was slightly higher, just over 50 from the Cats to 44 from the Eagles, but 61 inside 50 is to 45 for the Eagles. Really, really telling. Mm. Now, the Eagles did smash us in the hit-outs department, yeah. 43 to 14. If wow. Blitzarves was playing in the ruck, if Ryan Abbott was playing in the ruck, if um, Wally Buzzer was playing in the ruck, if Darcy Fort was playing in the ruck, I don't worse. think it would have changed too much. Yeah, it uh, could we, have been worse. We talked about Grundy's 45 last week. Mm. And um, opposition coach was interviewed before the match regarding what to expect. And he was actually saying, look, a lot of talk's been made about Reece Stanley's admission last week. And to be honest, it doesn't have too much of an effect because <clears> there's so many cards that the team can play. And he was raising, yeah. I think... Taylor might go up forward this yeah. game and there's so many different one-on-ones that can happen during the match. So there's so many different plan Bs during the match that isn't seen on camera mm. or isn't seen just from the Channel 7 or the Fox Sports Eye for one viewer. Um, but yeah, contested possessions, 151 to 128 in the Cats' favour, which is fantastic because we know for the story of this season, it's as simple as when we win contest positions, we win the ball. On top of that, marks inside 50 against Huge. arguably, arguably, best except for John, the best defense, the yeah. tall defense in the competition. Jeremy McGovern, Brad Shepard, uh, Geelong boy Will Schofield. We'll talk a little about him in a different regard in a second later on. Hearn. Tom Barras, uh, Shannon Hearn. Fantastic defense, and who are known for also... As you said all last week, uh, portraying a little bit of Italian-style football and the way they hold possession out from the back. Yes, yeah, similar like to, to the style of the wings similar to, to and the style then go forward. Yeah. Likes to play. Yeah. yeah. Slow, methodical. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But to be fair, McGovern probably had the worst game he's had all season. Tom Barras looked <laughs> flat-out silly mm. at times. 
on Hawkins and on Sav. Sav. Mm. Sav. Best game. <laughs> best game he's played. Most, game, most goals he's ever, kicked. Ever played with the Cats. Most goals he's kicked. Biggest influence in terms of the ones he didn't actually mark, but he clunked onto them. Crashes the pack. Yeah. And that's what the coaches ask him. They ask him to crash the pack. If he can grab one or two contested, fantastic. And fill a role in the ruck department. Was he your louder cat of the week? He was. So I'll that's take the <laughs> Thank you. Pretty sure I said yes. Hawkins, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> cat fight already? Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he had Not very, fun. very concrete hands in, in the second half. He, he got hands on about three or four that absolutely slapped out of his hands and flew the other direction. But he'd done all the damage in the first half. Um, a, a couple of players, which we'll mention later, he was actually up the ground and would mark and then either kick inside 50 or pass off to someone who could kick inside 50. So I feel like he he's starting to get more comfortable in his ability to... Like, he's obviously a big, strong, and actually quite agile player, and he's using that to his advantage because he seems to just get the ball, similar to Reece Stanley, and just sort of streak away with it, a couple of strides, handball off to Dalhouse, who kicks it forward to Menegola, mm. who eventually kicks it inside. And yeah, then, he's strong yeah. enough to hold his ground. He's not going to be yeah. easy to take down in a tackle. Yeah, which which is great to see. He just was like, you know, coming of age for him. Yeah, and what I've seen recently in the last few years of Hawkins' game is when he goes to ground, his ability to know where to tap it on to yeah. the nearest player or not to be caught out holding the ball. So the ability to get the handball out somewhere or just mm. to slap it around, Jack Rewalt-like. And that's mm. why Hawkins is known universally around the league as the most unselfish full forward. Yeah. Now. That's why he got the AA status. Yeah. But Sav, coming from soccer background, really has that agile ability. Yeah, he does. Um, on the ground as well. Yeah. Uh, and whether you're <laughs> leaping up into the clouds, whether he's... where, Yeah, he... <laughs> so it's exciting because you wind the clock back and you think Tom Hawkins' first few seasons and at times he was a much maligned player from Cats fans. And Sav is a cult figure already in his first year in 2018, last year, because we knew the, the raw talent that he yeah. possessed. Mm. And it's really come out this season. Came out in that semi-final for sure. Mm. But you just can't wait to see because you know that Hawkins, he's probably got one year, one, two years left mm. from the sound of the mid-year uh, event Discussion. we went to. Yeah. Jake. Yeah, he didn't sound com- confident of playing more than... He's, the way he said it was, yeah, probably got a year left in me. Yeah. Which um, is understandable knowing his back issues. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the way I see it anyway is Sav pretty much took the number one forward role off Hawkins on Friday night. Mm. It was... Pretty much like half the, you know, the torch was passed over then. And, you know, especially with Hawkins being out this week again, which we'll talk about later, it's it's up to Sav to be the number one forward again. Yep. It's yeah, metaphorical and physical, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tom Stewart. Saucy. Thoughts, yeah. Just classic Tom just, Stewart. Just classic Tom Stewart. Just, just finals. Every game's a final with him. Yeah. plays the same it's, every, he, it every sort week. of stops feeling that he's that good when you see it every week 
But he is that yeah. good. like he is that good. That you he just come just to expect week. it now. Yeah, it um, is every week. It is just it's just, just the normal sorts. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, phenomenal. Like the tackle that he delivered near the boundary line. Mm. Just that physical presence. The bump that the he bump delivered on Yo. On Yo. Oh, the important. I was so salty that the AFL highlights didn't include the lead up to both Hawkins' goal and Dalhouse's goal. Because there's such a there's two that chain of handballs. Yeah, the first one, which is Yo, Stewart's yeah. bump into Yo, handball, handball. You know, keep it going, Richmond style. Mm-hmm. And then Sav gets that long kick inside fifty to Hawkins. And then there's a, that other play, um, which leads to a, a mini goal of sort of Mark slash free kick, who then wheels around, kicks it in, and Dalhouse sort of dribbles it in. Mm-hmm. Those, if you go back, I don't know if people are gonna able to watch that footage they'll probably have to watch the replay and fast forward to that bit um, but those two bits in that last quarter they were massive moments the the fact that we kept going we butted up we kept going handball handball tackle you know Stuart bump that's what it takes in oh, the final that was incredible yeah the, the, you know that constant movement that chaos yeah. chaos movement it reminded forward. me of the Bulldogs had a play against GWS. Yeah. Yes, that one that was, ended in a Caleb Daniel yes, goal. Yes, that's that's the we'll one. I'll show you after Roe, but that's it, the one. And BT was like Dalhouse was involved the in the Bulldogs with the play of the year. Yeah, yeah Dalhouse was in that too. Yeah. Libba yeah. just busted his gut to get to a ball and then oh, well, I'll show you later too. But it reminded me of it's, that at the time. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, very very much very yeah. much similar. There were definite similarities. Um uh the the other one that I had in mind to mention, um, lesser light, typically, hmm. Paulo Jasny. From probably <laughs> what has been the worst game from Jake Paulo Jasny in 2019 Last against week. Collingwood, that first quarter. And players have said from the Cats, they don't mind if people have a crack with them or they don't have a good game. Mm. Not have a crack, but point out, look, yeah. he didn't have a fantastic game. He To bounce back from that to an incredible game. Very and when you look at the other side of the ground and you have Jeremy McGovern, you mm. have Shannon Hearn, and Jake Kolodzhazny's game compared to all of their defense really just was next level yeah he, <laughs> he, he just was incredible was in terms of marking abilities so in terms clunking. of one percenters his use out from the back as well were pretty yeah yeah pretty really good. solid strong yeah. spoils yeah. yeah that the one that the spoiled, went about 30 meters spoiled then went straight to chris masson and mass was like oh i've got you know 10 That's days to one. kick this goal That's and then the bang tom atkins just comes out of nowhere <laughs> yes. and gets him Sorry. Yes. There's definitely a bit of the the, there. the setter yeah. of the tone himself, <laughs> Thomas Atkins. <laughs> Sixty-one tackles to the Cats to forty-seven tackles inside Ford fifty. That's the big one. To eight. And that's, that's the big that's one. Huge. Yes. <laughs> one of those tackles inside Ford fifty was probably one of my favourites from Tom on the weekend. The one on Jeremy McGovern. Yeah, he just, just sat there and took it. player from the Weagles. Just getting up. And just everyone just... Yeah. I love the energy when a good hold in the at ball. the ground was fantastic. With yeah. a good hold in the ball, there's nothing better. Yeah. I don't think that one was holding the ball. No, it wasn't. McGovern, but, but a few on Brad Shepard, yeah. which were really, really notable. Yeah. And that, that Maston one was 
The Mass uh, and yeah. If yeah. if everyone, if you're listening to this, go to the Cats Facebook page and just look up the the little. It's like their fifth last post. I don't know when you're reading, watching this. But look up the highlights video that the Cats posted of Atkins and there's some behind the goals footage of Atkins tackle on Maston. And you can see Maston get the ball and he just accelerates out of nowhere. And then it's that little turn as Maston sort of arcing around on his to kick it across his body. And Atkins just absolutely gets him. And yeah, I, I went up very loudly at that point because that was such a... like. How often do we talk about moments in matches? So the first tackle on McGovern and then that Maston tackle from Atkins. Like that was legit. Yeah, it was the why we recruited him. And that was legit, you know, setting the tone. Like the tone was those two tackles. The commentators said it's the raging ball oh. type tackle. And then the moment that that tackle is made, they immediately go up to the coach's box. Yeah, and Scotty, Scotty's like, roaring. <laughs> absolutely roaring. Yeah, with, you know, he loved intensity. It. The other one, the other twenty-one players involved, though, it just increases. Yeah, yeah. You everyone see, gets up. Yeah, yeah. On, on the the interchange bench, people were clapping. Yeah, it's these yeah. X Factor yeah. moments in matches. Yeah, such as the Gary Rowan down on yeah. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. The, the Gary Rowan couple of moments yeah. throughout the season. Yeah, of being phenomenal, Ramon especially. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good from Tom. <sighs> Fantastic to see. <laughs> yeah. um, the other one, and we'll isolate this in terms of the, the Schofield incident, <laughs> but four goals to Hawkins. We've put his name there in terms of not being prolific <clears throat> on the score sheet the mm. last month, really, last month, of football. Yeah. And on top of that, not being involved in off-the-field play and not getting involved in terms of that many disposals. We're used to him seeing 18 to t- around 18 disposals per yeah. match, whether or not he kicks goals or not, pushing up the field. Yeah. Uh, a fantastic field kicker. In this game, against some of the best fullbacks in the competition, uh, he lit it up. Yeah. And and a, a couple of you know the early goals were as a result of McGovern just letting him roam free. And thinking that he won't kick goals from thirty-five, when I mean, he kicked kick one, two of them. It was a very difficult shot. Uh, the the first one, the bending, yeah, bending one that he he got it to go the yeah, right he, way. He definitely and, had his kicking boots on, but and and he was able to isolate one-on-ones. I feel like as well, and and if harass. it's one-on-one, yeah, yeah he's going to win it. There was one that harass. gets um, it gets it didn't get in the highlights, but um. Ablett um, laid a tackle on Jackson Nelson at the start of the second quarter and then quickly played on and kicked it to Hawkins who beat McGovern in a one-on-one, kicked that goal too. Um, and then that one that Asava kicked in in the fourth quarter and he was one-on-one with Barras and just, you, you're not going to win a one-on-one mm. with Hawkins. Like mm. he just, he's too big and strong. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. coming to his right side, holds his ground, uses his body. Does it so well. Goes <laughs> just to dive. Basically, yeah, the... basically just falls on it and yeah. marks it. Yeah. One of my favourite um, Tom Hawkins moments was when he um, when he took the mark on the goal line uh, yeah. from the the, the uh, Kelly kick. Yeah, um, kicked it deep, and he t- takes the mark on the goal line, snaps it, kicks it directly, well, basically directly to where I was sitting. <laughs> did you get a um, finger on it? To mark it? <laughs> didn't Just mark it, but I did get the I did get a hand on it, but didn't. Uh, the, the person next to me got the mark. We'll call it a spoil. Um, <laughs> 1%. Yeah. Was this, like, 
it was right on top, like just literally right next to where I was sitting. Mm. And you love that. Yeah. You love that. Everyone's, you know, feeling happy. We were sitting in the West Coast area, but there was definitely plenty of uh, Geelong fans around the perimeter, I guess. And uh, yeah, fair bit of noise when when things were up and about. Mm. My favourite Hawkins moment was when he got suspended for one week and is now missing the prelim final. Uh, we're talking about that now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get straight into is it. That, so, is that really a fan? Yeah. <laughs> no. Sarcasm? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, in with that comes the in and outs talk, which yeah. we'll get to. Um, a lot of Q&A questions regarding who yep. comes in this week or who should play forward in the absence of Hawkins. Just a quick one. I think who really went under the radar and will go under the radar for the semi-final against West Coast Eagles and his role a lot of the time or most of the time against Josh Kennedy mm. so a Coleman medal winner Harry Taylor mm. which you wouldn't actually think in terms of star players on the weekend and some of the times we've identified that that down the back when the likes of Jack Henry or Colo Hunt getting a stack of the ball mm. it's a good sign yeah, well, Kennedy only kicked the one goal, which came from like a really easy lead um, from a really easy kick that came off the ground when no one was manning the mark. So um, not that he's had the greatest season ever, but he still kicked 50 goals this year. Mm. Um, but yeah, Taylor was, was superb, especially late. He took a juggling one-headed mark, which stopped West Coast, one of their you know, thrusts forward. Um, but he, he's been, I think he's been good in both games um, in, in the finals. But um, yeah, he's... He's still got, we've said it all year, he's still got the smarts. He can always, you know, lay a block or a spoil and he, he knows when to run, when to go. Um, we'll desperately need that experience next week against Richmond. Um, I prefer him to stay in the back line. Yeah. However. Yeah. And uh, the in that I would bring in, this might be uh, contentious, but I would bring in Henderson and play him in more of a forward line role. Mm. Um, he did it I'm back open in the days to, at, yeah. at Carlson. I'm open he, to um, I'm open to so Brisbane before he moved yeah, to Carlton in that regard. We'll and he's done it he's done it at Carlton as well. Yeah. Um yeah. and he's a you know he's a big body. He's not he's no slouch. He can mark like, yeah. He can certainly mark. They're not gonna they're gonna have to put someone on him. Mm. Have to pay him some respect. He's you know very experienced player. Um the other possible options. Well, there's about seven possible options yeah. really in terms of who plays. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, so, it's whether we'll you bring a, them. Yeah. a forward in to directly play, replace Hawkins, or whether you put someone forward and then bring in a mid. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through these. We've got a few questions yep. for the panel um, and comments that people wanted to raise. Which is another tiny, quick one. Jed Buse's goal. Yeah, it's pretty good. Matches a, a player that never kicks goals. Really, yeah. his ninth career goal. He's kicked three this year, though. So he has, he's yeah. kicked a, yeah. a third of his goals this year. <laughs> no, that that was fantastic as well. Uh, yeah, that's great work rate for him to get down there and yeah. be of help to the forward line. My other uh, moment within the match that I loved was, mm. and this was when we were safe in yeah. the fourth quarter, within yeah. less than. 15 minutes on the clock to go. And right. We were safe. We'd won the match. Danger was marking everything. Yeah. Contested. 
He marked one about 25 metres out on a bit of an angle and it was an incredible mark and around where we were, everyone just stood up and oh, was just applauding and then realised, ah, oh, geez, ah, oh, it's danger kicking. Yeah. <laughs> if any Cats fan has seen danger set shots this season, Not they great. would know that it looks like Mark Blitzarv's kicking for goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no surprise out in the fall. It was a bit, I could have a laugh because we yeah. won at that stage. But the <laughs> fact that he was marking them like he was just, you know, goes to show like the, the domination we did have in the last quarter. He's better from longer out. Yeah. Yeah. When it yeah. comes to his kicking. Let's get straight into it. Yep. And a lot of these are to do with the ins out questions. Ben Jarman, biggest question who comes in for the Hawk? Goran Mitrevsky raises bringing Darcy Fort as a straight swap for Hawkins. Open for the panel there. Mason Darcy Cox Fort scenario. for Hawkins. Mason Cox scenario, stretch the defence. Jake, we've seen him do it a few times this season. He played really well at down at Kidney Park in a really convincing overall team win against the Bulldogs before they hit the really good patch mm. of form, kicking three goals. However, this is Richmond at the MCG. Yeah. The likes of Basher Hooley in defence, speedsters and... Grimes. Not too mobile. I, I think it would just be a huge risk because he's only played two you're, AFL you're games. You're banking on the fact that he'll take marks inside 50 and he'll kick two yeah. goals. Well, you can't bank on it. Yeah. I, you you I, can't. Yeah. And, and if he does... Like, you know, if you're comparing him to Mason Cox, Cox had played two pretty much three full seasons of AFL before he played Richmond in that prelim. And Darcy's only played two games of we, AFL. Yeah. So. Perfectly understandable. But yeah. Just on the physical... Mason yeah. hasn't had a good yeah. season before he was injured. I'd this argue year, that, no. I'd argue that when he sustained his injury, Collingwood have played better footy without him, with Dugowie being the Smaller isolated forward up forward, because yeah. it's made them actually look down and look, all right, what's the option 25, 30 metres away instead of bombing it high into Mason Cox who can't mark it and it goes out and Grundy has to do a bit of ruck work. The the idea is perfectly sound, but I just think the risk is too... Oh, yeah. yeah, I think the risk is without outweigh the... I mean, the reward would be be huge if it worked, but But, it's just too... The risk is is game costing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, it's a major decision. We've, al- we've already done that once this final series. Let's yeah. not uh, muck around with the uh, the talks. <laughs> yeah. Another suggestion comes from Rocky Demelio: bring in another mid like Scott Selwood to play on Cochin, play bits, play blitz, tagging Martin, and move Danger at full forward the whole night. Following that, Richard Barkley thinks that we need blitz to take. To fully take on the defensive role this weekend with Richmond's forward line, noting the tall forwards they have this season, Tom Leach and Jack Rerold. I don't think we can take away from our other strength to cater for Martin, he says. I think Guthrie on Martin could still work mm. to make Martin accountable. Guthrie's played very well on Martin before. Then you use and him he's in a good, tagger role. And yeah. he's in decent form. Yeah. If, he's, he, if he's fit, after, if he's fit he could, after 33 disposals, using him as a tagger then. He can he can go the other way. Play yeah. He can yeah, play the other way. He can. He's done it before. He can. But yeah. after seeing that display, we sixty two percent time on ground, 
Do you want to change yeah. that game for him? I, I don't think he... He doesn't necessarily need 33. It wasn't the disposals that impressed me. It was the effort from Guthrie. It was the, sh- the shepherds and the blocks and the tackles. Um, the 30... The intensity. Yeah, he could have had he could have had 15 to 20 touches and had the same effect. But he's, he, he just happened to get an absolute stack of it. Was delivering inside 50 really well also. Um, I think Scott Sale would, would be too slow and not not as dynamic and flexible to, to cover Dusty. I think that's fair to say. He's no slouch, but I think Guthrie's just a bit more of a of a balanced sort of mix to take Dusty. Mm. And he's Noting gonna be Dusty will push forward at times. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Dusty, so when when he Guthrie knows the halfback when, role when he goes defensive forward, if he goes forward during play, I'd probably expect Tom Stewart to take him and then Guthrie to take Probably whatever or Coladashny, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. I think I'd only trust Stewart. Probably, you're not going to stop uh, Dustin Martin for an entire game. No, you, but you, like, you it's going to be difficult. Same with Grundy. Can. Yeah, the you can absolutely. And yeah. there were Kingy again on SCN. I love listening to him on the means test. Your other coffee friend. Yeah, we. I just sit with and talk with all the AFL um, type people. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dusty does his damage in red time of quarters. I sounded like Kingy then. Dusty does his damage. <laughs> yeah. Dusty does his damage. In the last five minutes of quarters is when he kicks a majority of his goals and has a lot of possession. So yeah. that's when you just absolutely just clamp him. Just mm. put a designated or Guthrie sit on him for, for the last five minutes of this quarter. Mm. And for the rest, the other 15 minutes of the quarter, it's tag him. But the last five minutes, don't let him move. Menegola? Three. No, three I mean, issues uh, there. Not, 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 not tag. Yeah, not I was going to say. At all. Not no. Dusty at all. I'm, I'm meaning you potentially play him as that half forward. Yeah. Yep. Which you can do. Yeah. Play him in that forward half. Yeah. Um, As an extra mm. attacking option i mean there's a plethora we've got of, heaps of options, of options. So, well there's three options raised really in there by rocky and and richard whether we play scoot on rocky raises a play and one caution where to play blitz does he play a tagging role for me no blitz doesn't play a tagging role it's either we thought and i think people will be surprised following the calling match if blitz didn't play in the back line yeah. And he played in the wing. Yeah. No, I think Blitz definitely has to play back this week and take one of Rewalt or Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of hard to split. Like you'd put, I'd probably put Blitz on, on Lynch, but then Taylor, I don't I don't know if he can stay with Rewalt because Rewalt's pretty crafty. Uh, no, I'd, I'd back Harry for Rewalt. Yeah. I'd back him for sure. Sonny Futialo says, I think bring in Rowan if he's fit. Taylor and Cole Jasney to take Lynch and Rewalt and use Blitzarves in the same rate, same role he had last week. Yeah. So that ring, that yeah. Role. I, I, I like that, but it, it obviously depends on Rowan being fit. Yeah. I uh, think he's I think he's my number one option now if he's fit. And if not, then I'd rather bring him mid in and push someone else forward. If uh, if he's not fit, Maybe go with that Henderson option as I yeah. suggested earlier. But I really then, like but, that option. Too. But then we yeah. might, but, but and you, and you just play Henderson exclusively forward. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. 
you know, to kind of mitigate the 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 uh, potential um, excessive height issues that that we could have if we play, you know, one too many tools. Matt McKnight shares similar sentiments there. He says, thoughts on swinging Taylor forward so we have another tall in the forward line <laughs> would relieve some pressure on Sav and bring Henderson into the back line. Mm. He had a good run and deserves a chance. Agree I that, do agree with that, that. He's had I a really good run and deserves a chance. The advantage of bringing Henderson in is that, okay, you don't have to play Taylor up forward the whole game. Mm. You can play him at times. At 20%. You can, you can put Jack Henry there. Yeah. You can put Zach, Zach Tui there. So... Yep, Hendo for maybe a straight swap Hendo for Hawkins. Hawkins. Mm. The other thing is, if Gary Rowan's fit, who does he come in for? Or is it as simple as Gary Rowan for Hawkins? And does that leave us light in terms of the tall timber in the forward line? If it's a Gary Rowan for Hawkins swap? No. Well, bearing in mind how prolific... Savin Hawkins were. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I'd I'd again back our smalls in to do the job they did. Like Dalhouse and Atkins combined really well. Um Parfit and Narkle were were very quiet, to be honest, but in the last quarter picked up a heap. And Parfit and um started laying tackles and Narkle started, you know, getting the ball and delivering it inside fifty. Still. Yeah. They 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 did honestly really pick up in the last quarter. Um, so I'd back them to, especially Dalhouse Natkins to, to combine really and well again. And they're, and they're young. You play them in finals. Yeah. You know, even if whatever the result, it's another experience. Yeah. The advantage that we saw against West Coast, though, looking back, is even when we had Hawkins and Sav playing, mm. Blitzars wasn't playing in defence for yeah. a large period. So taking that in mind. All right, no Hawkins this weekend. If it's a straight, if it is a straight swap, Gary Rowan. If he is fit, Gary Rowan Hawkins. Not to play the Hawkins role, obviously, but in terms of inserting him to the twenty-two, bearing in mind that one of our key defenders didn't play in defence for a large period, we have the option, the ability to swing Blitzars back, to swing Jack Henry forward, to swing Zach Tui forward, to swing Harry Taylor forward at times whoever it may be. Mm. So there's three players that have been exposed to the forward line, not for a, a long prolonged period mm. throughout 2019 season, or but they, they all have done their roles there and will know, I guess, their job for yeah. the weekend if they're swung up there and what th- they need to I do. I think the worst option would be to bring in another Ruckman and have Stanley play any part forward. Because yeah. Nankervis and Solder... Stanley naturally yeah. pushes forward a little bit. Yeah, well, he, he definitely does. And he, he has such a good kick inside 50. But Stanley and Soldo, we've talked about this during the year, exactly the type of Ruckman that Stanley would play best against. That slower, traditional tap Ruckman. Yeah. Um, and we saw it against Nick Nat, who's definitely not snow, slow, but more of a tap Ruckman than a forward. Um, Stanley had three goal assists. And he, he kicked two to save in the first quarter and has that long, you know, beautifully placed kick to the top of the goal square that he uses so well, which is a weapon. And I would hope that they would continue to use that uh, to our advantage against the opposition Ruckman. Because mm. um, that's, to be honest, is Stanley's, that's his thing. That's his bit, yeah. is yeah. to uh, use that, you know, 
him as a, yep. essentially an extra midfielder. Yeah, and that break out of the yeah. middle as well. I love it. Which often happens when he's in form. That's the sauciest thing is just to see him <laughs> take those two or three just strides and that long, just 70-meter kick yeah. inside 50 on top of Hawkins or Sav's head. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Bruce McAvaney. <laughs> yeah, the, there's certainly some there. selection issues this week, but I think I think they'll know. They'll have a fair idea of what they're going to do based on Rowan's fitness. And I think the, the option number one is just a straight swap of Rowan and Hawkins, and then you'd probably be doing the, the Henderson switch because at least he has flexibility and allows other players to move around. But I think they're, they're hinging on Rowan. A few last ones. Leanne Reeves says, I think the unpredictable footy will confuse the Tigers. We can come away with the Chockeys. Scooter should come in and fit, but Rowan as well. But who else to drop? And that is a question. So Scott Selwood's being named by a few people there yeah. who did have good games in the last couple of home and away games. And played really well in the practice match last week against Collingwood. Yep. Um, yep. He'd Cut. have... He'd have to have a very specific role, so would you wouldn't just be bringing him in as a mid. He'd he'd be you'd you'd be putting him forward and putting perhaps maybe Menegola back in the mid more That's permanently, maybe, or, or even on the wing, yeah, maybe where yeah. um where Duncan, Menegola played or yeah. and Blitzarves played. Blitzarves goes back, allows, mm. like we said, um, Harry Taylor, uh, Jack Henry. Zach Tilly at times to yep. push forward, so that can be a little bit of flexibility there. Yeah, wouldn't mind even. Okay, I, I don't know. <laughs> batter me up, batter me for this if you want. I know who <laughs> you're say. I yeah, I don't know who you are. James Parsons. No. Oh, okay. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, Parsons, to be fair, is the second option after Scott Sailwood is like a mid forward option, so based on how many games he's played this year, but go on. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought cop a bit of abuse following the, the Collingwood match and the selection table there, but I think one of the potential decisions could be Blitzarves a little bit in the ruck. Yeah. Maybe swing Hendo down there. If you if Blitzarves is in the ruck, that allows Stanley to push forward. Yeah. You've got Sav and Stanley there. Yeah. Because Gustav isn't prolific up forward. He can push there. Yeah. And he can create something. But yeah. I, I actually don't think that's too bad an idea. No. Against Nankervis isn't as fantastic a Ruckman. He's a really he's, good yeah. mobile Ruckman. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But he's not it's the same different to, Grundy. to Nat Nilio Grundy yeah. in terms of being absolutely a, dynamic. A great top Ruckman and an on baller at the same time. Yeah who were some of the best in the competition. Mm. And bearing in mind, Tom Hickey had a fantastic game the weekend. So crucify me for that one there. No, that's, that's not the worst. The that's not the worst. But <laughs> yeah, coming up, like you have to look at who you're playing as well. So like you said, yeah, Nank, horses for horses. Yeah, Nank's probably less of a threat than what Grundy was. So Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what some listeners can't think wait of to that th- one. Can't wait for Thursday, the teams. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. Exactly. Kyle Ryan says, I think we need to come out strong and play a little bit unpredictable as well. Start danger at full forward. Mm. Keep Blitz on the wing, our best runner. We saw last match. And he was big in the first quarter when we got off to a fly. If Rowan is fit to come in, then it has to be Constable or Scooter. 
Now, Chris Scott's been on the record saying they're more than happy for Chuck Constable to play a final if fit and if the time's ready at some point to be inserted. It would be uh, it would be a bold move it'd again because he hasn't be played really, in a while. Really, really rolling the dice. Trent, Trent Woodall, a bit more about the, the match and the intensity and how we're going to come out from the blocks, I think, in his statement here. Intent through the midfield is what will get us through this game. If Richmond have dirty entries going forward, our defence will feast and counter-attack. They love chaos and perpetual motion. Stop them and they die like the shark in the 08 grand final. Hit them hard early. They've hardly played, so are not finals ready. Bit of bias sentiments there. We lose this game, and it's another finals failure for Scott's team. Wow. Yeah, no, well, obviously you'd want to start well, like we did this week. Um, that just seems to be the key. If we're you know thereabouts at quarter time, we seem to play the rest of the game out as well. But if we allow four, five, six goals through, there's no point. Yeah, it's going to be like we have to be on at the start again. That's just a given. Any final that we play, we have to be on at the start. And that should be stock standard procedure. So we don't, after, I think that those were 10 Q&A questions that we just put up on our page. Yeah. And we don't, we don't, we don't really have any clear answers. We don't have a clear answer. A bit debatable. I'm still, initially I was thinking, yeah, Loggie Henderson will be good. And that allows maybe Blitz to push forward or some of our defenders to push forward. At the same time, Gary Rowan's sitting there and it's hard to say no to Gary Rowan knowing what he can produce when he's on fire. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. I'm going to back in my vote. I'm, you can't sit in the fence for this one. I'm not the coach, obviously. So <laughs> take my pick with a, the biggest grain of salt you can. But I would like to see Lockie Henderson play and I think that allows a bit of flexibility in terms of Stanley pushing forward, mm-hmm. in terms of maybe Blitzarves taking some portions in the ruck and Stanley going forward, mm-hmm. or maybe throwing Harry Taylor, Zach Tui, Jack Henry up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of options on the card in terms of the game itself and yeah. swinging players forward if things aren't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Dangerfield still has the possibility of going there. Yeah. Just what Hendo insertion provides yeah for me there's a lot of plan b's in that match yeah. if hendo is inserted yeah there's more flexibility yeah. than yeah. just rowan because you can't really move rowan anywhere else yeah who are Maybe. you backing in i i, I think i think rowan but it's rowan? De- yeah. it's dependent on, on if he's fit i mean we we drafted atkins for a reason and that paid off last week we traded in rowan for a reason and i think they'd want that to have some effect in a final so no hedge bets here. Ollie, we've raised a lot of names. Well, I think I'll stay with my initial um, initial prediction, which would be Henderson. Um, but again, as as it's it's obvious it hinges on on Rowan and the injury and you know, the extent to to what he can do. Um, we we know He's the most talented of forwards in the squad that's out of the team, aside from Hawkins. Um, so you bring him in and he could have five minutes and, you know, turn the game or do something phenomenal. But, um, 
yeah, it, he we know he's also somewhat injury prone. Mm. And this was the gamble. The Ryan. Ryan. The Ryan gamble. That's a bit of a throwback to Vegas there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, look, we'll just see. We'll see what happens, but I will go with the Henderson um, call. We're up against midfield. You've been outvoted there, Jake. Veto power. Up against the midfield that we know their players, Dusty Martin, Trent Conchin, Shane Edwards, Ellis, Josh is, Caddy, is, uh, the former the cat. Human meatball there. Prestia. He is. Dion. So, yeah, along with some mid-smalls in the form of Graham, uh, Shai Bolton... Lambert as well, and the tall timber as well up forward. Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt. Now, they've been without Alex Rance this season, which some commentators thought would be the killer for Richmond, Lostin, and others, along with the introduction of... It's actually galvanised their It's just proof that Rance isn't as good as he... what people make him out to be. I think he's a very good player, but like I don't think he's quite as pivotal to their team. No, people talk about Rance being the best defender of the modern era. It's crazy. <coughs> yeah. Grimes and Asprey are the ones that do a majority of the work and Rance is like the Jeremy McGovern of Richmond that you know stays back and defends a patch of grass and marks because um, his one-on-one record's not fantastic at all. Um, but I think people have actually seen, to their credit, that Grimes and Voston and Asprey are the ones that are actually the pillars of the back line. And Rance is like Rance is like the types. yeah Rance is like the face. Grimes has had a really good. Grimes is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he's been severely underrated for a few years. But mm. um, yeah, no, it's there's so like we're talking lots of hypotheticals and there's a lot to go, a lot of water to go under the bridge still. So on Thursday we'll obviously have more information that will help us determine you know what's going to happen. But it all comes down to mentality and effort and how efficient we are going forward and how much do we want it? How much do they want it? Hmm. Yeah. I'm um, actually quietly confident even with Hawkins out. It hasn't yeah. rattled me. After the... Yeah, don't get me wrong. When I saw the the Collingwood display, it wasn't the greatest signs. Yeah, but potentially coming off such a good win, it's yeah. you know lifted our spirits a bit. And West Coast, you you knew what you were going to get on paper in terms yeah. of their style of play. Um, yeah, I'd Richmond, say you know what you're going to get with Richmond too. To quote Jared Waitley, you're going to get you're going to get that football. yeah you're going to get that manic yeah. But you know it, you know yeah, it. You know so you're, you're going to have to be just so. as manic. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to be just as chaotic and just as hungry. And for commentators to say, well, Richmond will be licking their lips after a close match of two people battling yeah. it out. At the same time, I kind of think, well, that prepares us in a way, mentally and physically. Yeah. Well, we're, we're switched on now. Yeah. We are switched on. We are in a good headspace of how we've played. A lot of players are feeling confident. You know, mm-hmm. Guthrie is the example of that. Um, and we would be going into this game with a certain degree of momentum. I'm I'm very hopeful that that is the case. Just have a crack again. Yeah. Just yeah. Just bring roll the that dice. effort again, and anything can happen. Insert the ice cream bells. <laughs> take a trip to Cold Rock. <laughs> <laughs> we can insert the uh, the cat snarling sound effect, the patented 
Kadenia Cloud a Cat Fight. Is this sound time effect for the Kadenia Cloud Cat Fight? I think so. I think it is. It's uh, your turn to take the wheel this week, boys. You're you're not allowed in it this week. No, I've, I've yeah. said my piece last week. Well, I'm going to get in early. For the past two weeks, I've been ordering coffees. Shout out to Grand Society, best coffee shop in Geelong, arguably. <laughs> Thank you, on, on Mallow Street. The little small keep cup, but charging regular. And got in today, the large <laughs> one, charging regular. Same price, same $4 price. So, yeah. Just a little shot. Just a little, a little shot. I, they're awesome. They're awesome. So, this is a shout out, but at the same time, kind of a like a shout out at the same time. Come on. Come on. on. Oh, I think you had a. I think I had a more football related (laughs) comment to make. Um, Just in relation to the crowd and just the relation. Joining you here. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. Yeah. Um, that uh, we want as many fans there as as possible. And if you can't be there, be losing your mind at home. If you can't be there, be losing your mind at home. If you can be there, be losing your mind at the game. The energies. Just bring the intensity in the crowd. You don't know what could happen. Um, and this could be the last game of the year. This could be the last game for Gary Ablett Jr., for Harry Taylor, for Tim Kelly in blue and white hoops. And yet, on the weekend against West Coast, there was 51,000 people at the MCG on a Friday night at 7.50. Most games are played at around 720, 725. 7.50. Yes, I know that there's... All right. Another Cloud Cat fight. Yep, straight into it. V-line. Robust is replacing. <laughs> no more extra, express trains doing us zero favors at all. But at the same time, you've reached a preliminary final. Um, yeah, get up. What, for the what match more this incentive week. do we need if we can get tickets? Well, the reason why was because you got to do it. Most Geelong fans were quite pessimistic after the Collingwood display and thought oh, straight sets. Okay, well against the reigning premiers. I really want to subject myself to three hours of mm. this and mm. followed by a long trip home. back home. Yeah. So that's a, a big reason why. We've but given at ourselves... At the same time, yeah. there was a hell of a lot of Eagles fans there compared to the amount of Geelong fans. Mm. And we know that Richmond fans will come out in exact mm. similar numbers to Collingwood fans. Yep. At the same time, it's a preliminary final. They don't come around often. They do not come around often. Well, for, for Geelong fans, we've been very, very lucky. So you're grateful you're a Cats fan. But they don't come around often. Yeah, we've said it before. Imagine if this was a St. Kilda podcast. We'd be sitting here in the hope of yeah, Blake well, that, turning a, into that's some a great, gem. Um, analogy. Like imagine if, you know, imagine if this was a St. Kilda podcast and this is the first prelim final they've had since... You know, just because we've had, you know, a lot of success recently, don't take it, you know, for granted and um, and get there. Or if you can't get there, as I said, just 
you know, bring your energies. Be there in... Uh, and in, do in a spirit. physical transfer of energies yeah. across the, you know, across the whoever yeah. many kilometre trip to Melbourne and... Metaphysics. Entering yeah. some Brad Hoss, good boy. Good boy. Meta- <laughs> yeah, meta- metaphysics, just, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, when you're in the... Look, I'll tell you, walking, <laughs> in, the, walking in the ground... Yeah. That West Coast, you stand out, out the front of, of the game on Friday night, or stand out the front of the ground, sorry, on Friday night... It's the MCG. It's the Coliseum. I was standing with my friend. And we're like, "This is finals. This is how it feels. Look at this. Look yeah. at this. Just absolutely, you know, drinking it in, loving it." Mm-hmm. We go in the. We go in there. The uh, national anthem. The moment silence. You know, it just all builds up. After the national anthem, you lose your mind. That's probably the best moment in the game if your team doesn't win. There's like, yeah, there's a limited excuse. There's a limited excuse to not turn up to the game or to not be up for this. We'll see how we go. Get there. It will be a, a 95 thousand plus yeah plus yeah. crowd even if you're in the heavens in level four it's a preliminary final wherever you're seated you're experiencing the a prelim final and potentially sending the cats to a grand final mm. so this was there. actually the first final episode or obviously first first final that geelong has won One. that we've actually reviewed Recorded. yeah, yeah. We'd like to have another two. Have another two <laughs> this year. Who knows what's going to happen? If we have another two, that'll turn into probably four. But let's <laughs> yeah. be realistic. Yeah. yeah, we we would. Yeah, we do a four-hour. Every player gets a single episode. <laughs> we do an hour. Yeah. The 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 uh, look. If 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 the amazing happens and uh, we have a last Saturday in September episode. Um, be good, <laughs> yeah. Could even do a live cross at some point, yeah. A live, 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 live cross wouldn't episodes. mind it at all, yeah. Speaking of players, 10 hours of <laughs> speaking of players, get in your cloud of the week, Come upcoming, on. yeah. Upcoming, I am going to take the lead on this one and. Back in Asaba Radigalia to have part two of his coming of age story. Broken leg last year, yeah. missed games back this year with a vengeance. And yeah, coming of age against the biggest club in Australia to get us into the grand final. Another <laughs> another three goals, another couple of flying marks and yeah. <laughs> just saying that just oh the, the chills man yep. the chills now uh myself I will go with I'll change it back to the player that I selected Mogs Creek it's Mogs yeah. Creek yeah it's Mogs Creek because we know 
We just know... Safety bet. Yeah, it's a safe bet, but you try and bet against it. Oh, I did, and I won. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I, I, I have how, have I a cold rock. <laughs> how often does that happen, then? This man is... You know, he is built for finals. Yeah. He turns up in finals. One performance gets us to that last game. And then anything is possible. Anything's possible in this game, hmm. to be honest. Like, yeah, on paper, we're, we're up against it. In the odds, we're up against it. In form, we're up against it. But it's a one-off game. Collingwood did it last year. Cats could do it. But Dangerfield is my cloud of cat of the week. Hungry for a premiership, which is the only real award that eludes him mm. at 28 years old. So he's prime time and he's got, hopefully, the team that can bring him there. Now, you've stolen Danger. You've stolen my flying Fijian. So, I'm going to have to have a little think here, but yeah. I'm going to go with no safe bets, I'll. No safe bets. You have to go. No safe bets. No safe bets. So, you're rolling the dice with this one. I am going to go with the unconventional, uh, weird style of play that... Grind Myers brings to the table. Wow. He played well against Richmond last time. He did. He played very well. He Grind did. Grind Myers in a prelim final. In a grind yeah. final. In a grind <laughs> final. <laughs> that was shocking. Yeah, oh, that just was sorry. Yeah. Um, you can stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just... just um... Yeah, it'd be good if he kicked a few. Just a few off the little, little weird, yeah, the, the most awkward technique I've seen in quite a while that works for a player. <laughs> it's good to watch. Yeah, I'm just, I'm buzzing again, ready to watch the game. And just, uh, yeah, crossing fingers and toes and... See how we go. I don't know what else to say. What is there else to say? Let's get behind them. Yeah. Here we go. Go cats. Go cats. Go boys. Let's just have a crack. Have the biggest crack. First quarter, we'll tell we'll yeah. again. Same story. Same quarter story. Quarter time. We'll do a mini podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's bring it. Let's go, go boys. boys. Go boys. Send us to a granny. <laughs>